Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Every company has a story to tell, from the small startup to the large enterprise, and everything in between. This is one of them. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. You're very welcome to a new episode of Redefining Cybersecurity here at ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. I am Sean Martin, your host. I'm live, sort of, from uh, from InfoSec Europe here in London, Excel. And uh, as you can probably hear in the background, the, the, the vibe is almighty. There's plenty of activity going on out there. And uh, I'm in the press room, and I'm uh, thrilled to have Simon Hodgkinson on with me. Simon, how are you? Very good, thank you, Sean, and uh, thanks very much for the invite. Ah, Looking forward to the chat. This is going to be fun. There's there's hardly anything more exciting than operational resilience. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but for me it's rooted in risk. And and I'm a geek and I love to talk about risk. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll get into what it means to you and what it should mean to uh, fellow CISOs and others in the security leadership role. Um, but before we do that, a few words about who you are, Simon, some of the things you've been involved with and, and what you're up to now. Perfect. Thank you, Sean. So, yeah, um, I was the former Chief Information Security Officer at BP for the last four years of my corporate career. And prior to that, I ran global infrastructure and operations for BP as well. So um, those roles were really rooted in the whole question of, uh, of resilience. Since leaving BP, I'm now an advisor um, to Sempris uh, and uh, um, uh, a couple of other companies as well. Um, and uh, I, I really uh, joined Sempris because they are um, at the very heart of resilience. Um, they, they work specifically in Active Directory, which is fundamental to operational resilience of any business. Yeah, yeah the identity is the core of, of uh, pretty much everything, not just people, but systems and networks and access to data and you name it right absolutely yeah. so let's um i, I want to maybe quickly touch on the shift from because i think this will be an important part of our conversation the shift from uh, infrastructure ops to cyber operations yeah um, and, and your role as a CISO. um what what was that like because the, the first part was all about really enabling business and keeping it going and then cyber is protecting what was built to run the business in my, in my simple mind view of it. So maybe kind of talk to me about how that shift was and how you leveraged that experience in your cyber role and maybe some things that you think uh, folks can learn from you in terms of uh, uh, sticking with resilience here, of course. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's, a, it's a great question. Uh, and. You know, I, in the infrastructure and operations role, uh, I managed everything from data centers, networks, end user compute, field services, and I also used to do our customer satisfaction survey. Uh, And I used to get um, some pretty um, robust feedback through our customer satisfaction about 
you know, just how uh, ineffective the IT was for the business to do their job. But it was incredibly secure. Right. So, um, you know, as, as uh, I worked with uh, the then CISO, uh, as we went through our cloud network, um, workplace and identity transformation programs, to reset that and we moved away from you know buying everything that was best of breed to thinking about the world um, from the end user perspective so that sort of customer view of the customer centric view of the world and to try and give them a consumer like experience but in a big enterprise you know you still got to manage that big um, that big risk of cyber security so getting that balance right was always uh, challenging so then moving into the the CISO function it was about that continuation of the message that we're not here to do cybersecurity. We're here to enable the business, and in BP's case at that point, it was about getting hydrocarbons out of the ground, refining the product and selling it. Um, there was a lot more to it than that, of course, there's a lot, a lot of different aspects of the business. But fundamentally, getting that message set that actually we're here to make the business resilient, we're not here just to do security, it was yeah. a big mindset shift. Yeah. And so, I know I wanted to get your definition of resiliency, for, um, but I first want to maybe one more point on this because, in well, I, I would say probably the majority of folks here in the hall are looking at traditional IT networks, and some may have a play in, in the OT space. Um, but I, I presume you have a, a particular view of what resiliency looks like. Um, given your experience in both of those worlds, and how does that play into the cyber role as well? So yeah, kind of the ITOT mix and so, so uh, absolutely. And, and uh, in the OT space, you, you get the extremity of you know you can't just deploy any of this software you're seeing out on the floor in the OT space because potentially it can cause a safety event and fatalities and you know or explosions or what have you. You know, it's so, so for me, it was about mitigating controls. So people talk in the IT world about you've got a patch, you've got a patch, you've got a patch, or you've got you know, to put all of these standard controls out there. You simply can't do it in the, uh, in the OT world. Uh, and perhaps one, of the, one way of describing that is the, the right refresh cycles in technology in IT is probably in the three to five year time horizon. In OT, it's probably eight to, to 15 years. So this notion of being able to, to just apply those standard IT controls in the OT controls uh, in the OT space it, it is, is a misnomer, you can't do that. And, and actually when people try to do that, you end up with a lot of resilience from the engineering community in that OT space because you're trying to take this generic cyber thing and say you're, you've been doing it wrong for years, you need right. to apply these controls. And that's why you get this huge amount of friction between the IT and the OT yeah. community. And therefore working with the, uh, the engineers who are really smart people and want to do the right thing, pragmatically talking about risk in context of the myriad of other risks they have in the environment like safety risk or mechanical and engineering risk is really important. It's kind of empathy, you know, yeah. getting that empathy with the engineering community to make sure that what you're applying is appropriate to the risk that they're trying to manage. Yeah, yeah and understanding and empathy, I love that. And uh, where I have empathy is in the dynamic nature of the IT yeah. infrastructure. <laughs> um, 
it's so dynamic, right? And so, so many things change, so many things are coming and going. Talk to me about your definition. Let's, let's focus in on IT. Uh, your definition of resilience, um, where parts are moving, yeah. business is changing all the time, uh, threats are, are always changing, becoming more sophisticated. And kind of to our point earlier, you need to know what you're trying to protect. That could be a, an individual, could be a customer, could be a partner, could be a device, could be a sensor, could be an API. Talk to me about kind of how you look at resilience. What does resilience mean to you in that context? So, so I think the English definition of, uh, of resilience is perfect. You know, the ability to withstand or recover quickly from an adverse event. So, so you, you can't just come with this mindset is I'm going to secure everything because you can never do it. Every company in the world will be breached. Probably the vast majority of them already have been breached. So this notion that you can secure a company is flawed. So you've got to do the very best job you can at understanding what's critical to the business, applying the appropriate controls to enable the business to do their job, but having the appropriate security controls in place, but also being able to respond to an adverse event as well, not forgetting that ability to recover um, if something bad does happen. And, and as, you, as you might imagine in this, this world of um, accelerated digitalization, as a security uh, team or a CISO, or, you know, trying to keep your hands on all of these different uh, points of light that are cropping up everywhere, it's like a game of, I don't know if you know the term yeah. whack-a-mole, yeah, exactly. it is absolutely like a game of whack-a-mole. But what's really critical is understanding what is most important to the business and making sure those things are protected. And it's not just about your own technology, it's about uh, things like supply chain. So one of the biggest uh, incidents that I've been involved in um, happened to a uh, third party who was a logistics provider. Uh, and we had no supply chain resilience. Right. So, so you know, when they got hit by a cyber attack twice in three months, they weren't able to deliver product to um, some of our stores, and therefore you get stockouts, and that means reputational damage with your customers. They go in for fuel, but actually they go in for fuel, but they want something like coffee or. or so you've got to make sure that you think about resilience in totality, not yeah. just IT and cyber. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And, and I was just, sorry if you're looking like he's off somewhere. <laughs> I'm just thinking, of course, you, you actually have retail yeah. <laughs> as part of the business and that in, the, in your VP role as well, um, which has a whole slew of things. So how, how do we look at, um, I don't know, regulation and policy and, and things like that from a resilience perspective? Do you think those help or do you think Think <laughs> you really put me on the spot now. Uh, I think they drive, sometimes they drive the wrong culture. Right. They drive a culture of compliance, um, which, is, which is, is not right. You know, you need to be doing um, dynamic risk management. You need to understand as the business changes, um, what do you, uh, how do you need to respond in terms of appropriate controls in the environment, appropriate, and making sure that um, uh, systems and processes that enable the business to deliver on their outcomes are, are resilient, as I said, in terms of people, process, and, um, and, and technology. 
Um, I think they're helpful in organisations that really haven't done much at all around cyber security because it, it, it forces a, it's a forcing function. But I also think sometimes the regulators misunderstand what they should be doing. So, you know, a lot of the regulation should focus on things like security of supply. So like NIS as an example, how you secure that supply should be down to the businesses. So, so for instance, if you have a cyber attack that takes a component out of your business, but you're able to fulfill that by using a partner, the regulate, that should be, in my view, you should comply with the regulation, but actually it's more viewed from the regulator's lens about your cyber security posture. So the, the theme of the show this year here at InfoSecurity Europe is rethink, right? The power of cybersecurity is kind of the tagline under it, I believe. And so your work with some Paris, how, how are you seeing them rethink this challenge of, of uh, resiliency and rooted in identity, uh, and I'd like your kind of your perspective on that. Where they're an international company supporting global multinational organizations around the world that have different regulations and yeah. different cultures and different requirements. So how how do you see that some Paris rethinking this problem? Brilliant question. Um, so, so I think first and foremost, so I can just step back to the whole notion of, of kind of the resilience question. We're here to support the business. People forget that without, ident without identity, there is no business. Through COVID and the acceleration of digital, pretty much every business now is a digital business. And you can't survive a prolonged loss because frankly we're fairly impatient as consumers so if somebody is down for multiple days the chances are you're going to go and adopt something from somebody else so you get a lot of attrition within your customer base you get regulators on your back if you get an issue and what have you and you see the F fca regulation coming out now um, around your ability to to um, to be resilient to specifically cyber but should be it prolonged loss of it um, so I think the uh, so so remembering that we're here to um, to enable the business to be successful and identity is absolutely core to that. Um, Semperis have moved into a space that says actually recovering Active Directory is phenomenally difficult uh, for most most reasonably sized organisations. We'll take it. We're talking probably two days if you get everything right to recover AD and you have to recover AD before you can start recovering anything else in your environment. How many businesses can survive with two days of outage before you start recovering your core applications? So what Sempris have done is really look at that kind of pre, during and post um, breach approach in, in, the, in the notion of resilience. So able to withstand, so let's put um, uh, monitoring of configuration drift in the environment, looking for indicators of compromise and exposure, and uh, auto-remediating those, so you stop bad things happening where you can, but bad things will happen. And then on the reverse of that, then being able to recover quickly through high levels of automation. And, and you know, you can see people that have taken, uh, or plan on days of recovering AD, now planning on hours with, with Semperis' solution. So what I really think may fit very firmly in that kind of operational 
resilience lens and I don't often talk about Sempras in terms of security I always right. talk about it in terms of of resilience because you've got that pre during and post exactly. uh, post breach capability but but uh, you know I, I'm delighted to be part of Sempras and, and it wasn't just the technology although I am a bit of a geek <laughs> having 38 years in, right. in IT um, and the technology is great but actually I love the culture I love the fact that they are uh, a highly inclusive culture that embraces, you know, uh, all diversity, uh, and therefore you, you get to the, the question about globality right. of the company and dealing with lots of uh, lots of different um, global organisations. In fact, the top global organisations in the world that are spread across uh, across all jurisdictions. You know, it fits our culture really well because we're we're so open, we're so welcoming. Mickey Bresman, who's the CEO, you know, talks about you know um, the importance of inclusion. And I see, and I'm not an employee of Sempris, I'm an advisor, but I'm I'm very lucky to sit in on some of their meetings, and and that's what really inspires me is is that actually they will be successful because they get the very best people by creating the very best environment for people to be successful. Yeah, we know many of the team team there, and uh, I'm excited to meet even more. We actually just before the, before the conference, we had a chance to speak with Dan and Guido, and uh, we got into some really interesting use cases. So for people who want to listen to that, um, we, we take a completely different view and have a completely different conversation than you and I just had, but still very relevant in terms of uh, resilience rooted in identity. And um, to your point. Simon, it's much more than just the durability part, right? You have to, you actually have to handle, kind of to my point earlier, the dynamic nature of, of these environments and things are coming and going and, and uh, when something bad happens, you need to recover as well. So, I love it. Any, any final words, Simon? So, so I, I, I just add as well, I mean, people here talk about security and they're always using kind of militaristic language about sort of bad actors and all of these names and the malware definitions and what have you. Don't ever forget misconfiguration is the biggest growing vulnerability in the environment and AD is no different and Azure AD is no different um, and that's the big holes that the adversaries will, will attack. But also don't forget that we have humans that manage this stuff. They make mistakes. Yeah. So in terms of your resilience journey, you've got to be able to protect your employees against making those mistakes and recovering quickly from those environments. And it does happen very, very frequently. Uh, these, are, these are complex environments. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, Simon, it's been a pleasure. I, I, I think I could chat with you for hours. Um, maybe we will at some point have another, have another sit down. Um, but I want to thank you for, uh, for joining me here and hope the show is a success and, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Lovely. Thanks, Sean. It's been a delight. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and the story made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.